welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. Today is a great episode because so many people reach out to me and they're like, Emily, like I love working out, but I'm just not disciplined enough to do it. Or how can I make myself go to the gym? And this all centers around discipline, which a lot of people talk about it like they have it or they don't but it's something that is a skill that you can improve on and that's what we're learning about today. Our guest is LaShawn and she talks all about discipline. She was a former athlete and then realized, you know, this discipline that she used in her athletic life could actually transfer into the other areas of her life like relationships and just any other goal that she's going after. So I love this conversation. You are going to get so much out of it, but Before we get started, make sure you're subscribed. And if you're like, yes, Emily, I'm subscribed. I've been here for weeks. Then, okay, good. Go tell a friend about it then. (laughs) Please go tell a friend, workout buddy, brother, sister. I have plenty of males listening. I know it's called Girls Gone Healthy, but it's for the men too. So go share the word. I would really appreciate if you just sent this to one person. That would help me out a lot. So With that, I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, today we are joined by LaShawn G and she teaches student athletes and young women how to activate discipline using mindset strategies so they can navigate academics, athletics, and life after sports without overwhelm. As an author and mindset coach, she's leveraged discipline and authenticity in order to achieve major athletic accomplishments over the years. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me and hello everyone. How are you today? Hope you're doing wonderfully well. So I'd love to talk more about what you do now because you still, you know, help athletes, but you're an author. So your book, uh, The Jump That Counts, Embracing Discipline So You Can Win at What Matters. Can you talk to us about what that's about and why you felt the need to write it? Sure, sure. So for the better part of the last 10 years of my life, prior to 2019, so I wrote the book in 2019, The previous 10 years before that, I always knew that there was something in me that had something to share based on my high school, middle school, high school, collegiate, post-collegiate career, based on a lot of the situations that I experienced and and the athletes that I trained and coached, I felt like every, at every step, there was where there were accolades, those were points where I had to really, really buckle down and activate discipline. And I realized that it became a pattern over time. And so um, with, with myself or with people who are part of my life, like my parents, for instance. So I am a twin. My twin and I were adopted into our family before we were one year old. And to me, that was the biggest form of an act of discipline that I can say to date in my life, um, or that was a part of my life, because for someone who, you know, you have your family, you have your, you know, mom and dad are there, they have their own children. But then to say, we're going to adopt two more, you know, we're going to adopt these two in addition to our own two. And I mean, it's the family that we know. I, I always commend my mother and my father who has now passed away, but I always commend them for that act. But for every accolade, there was an act of discipline. And for every trial, there was an act of discipline to get through. And 
I experienced a lot of ups and downs between injuries and, and just college experience, high school experience that I had to either stew in the thing or I had to figure out what am I going to do next? And for me, it was, this means more to me. So I am going to, I'm going to get up. I'm going to, you know, get disciplined. I'm going to up my work ethic and win. And that's what I did. And I felt like over the years and up to leading to me writing the book, I felt like I was becoming who I needed in college, in high school, to be able to let other student athletes, in, in particular female student athletes, know that while you may be the athlete that you are, while you may be the student that you are, that's only who you are for a portion of your life. And there's so much more after that. So what are you going to do when you hang up your cleats, when you put your bat away, when that basketball goes in the, in the footlocker? What are you going to do? Because there's more to you than just, I played this sport. I ran here. I did that. And to prepare myself for that, it took a lot. And so I said, you know, I can be the catalyst for another student athlete to say, okay, let me start thinking about these things now so that when time does come, not to say that everything is going to be in place and in alignment, in perfect alignment, but what's going to happen is you'll be ready to be able to activate discipline, activate resilience, activate surrender, because that's a, there's a lot of surrender that happens when you are living life. There's a lot of sacrifice that happens when you start to live life and in, in, in life after sports, it's, it's completely different than when you're in your bubble of college, when you're in your bubble of being in high school. And it's so important to be able to navigate that well. So that's why I wrote the book. I took pieces of my life where activation of discipline was important and imperative for, for my accolades or for getting through trials. And I wanted to pass that along to others who could be able to get inspiration and then take action. That's awesome. I love that mix of inspiration and action. I think they're both so important. And so for this book, it's kind of you looked at everything in your past and you're like, okay, discipline helped me with all of that. And then it's how can I apply that to the future? Exactly. Exactly. And and I even take a lot of my adulthood, right, to uh, my adulthood experiences to say, okay, adulting is not like what I thought adulting would be. So, you know, I, I was married at one time and I was the person who people thought it was going to be this happily ever after. And, oh, there's nothing going on. And, you know, everything is perfect in her world. And meanwhile, there's a whole tornado going on, <laughs> whole tornado that no one knows about. And, um, or very few, very few people know about. And even in experiencing that, I was able to pull at the, the very lowest parts of that time period of separation and then divorce. I was able to pull from everything that I'd learned, every, every piece of discipline, leaning in. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. That was a portion of my life where I really had to lean in. And so for those people who are believers, there's a place that you can go. You have to dig very, very deep. And it, it is surrender, like a surrender is a part of that and being disciplined to obey the surrendering and obey 
what the spirit is telling you that you can lean into and really persevere. And that's what happened for me. I really had to dig deep. I really had to lean in, um, activate discipline, remember what it felt like to win. Remember what it felt like when I didn't win that race, but I won that race. And, you know, or not compete in this event, knowing that it's, it was going to give me energy for greater later. And it, it all is in tandem. It really all is in tandem. So for young women experiencing, oh my gosh, I'm about to graduate. What's going to happen now? And especially with COVID, people who were athletes lost a whole entire season, you know, a lot of them. And there's a lot of psychological effects from that. Coming into this season now, um, this school year, I've I, I'm an announcer for track meets and I could see where athletes were just excited to be back. They were so excited to be back, but you could also see where, okay, they, we have to meet them where they are now because training wasn't training in 2020 training still isn't training like it was in 2019. And so all of these psychological effects that COVID has brought, all of, in addition to the psychological effects of just living life as a, as a young student athlete collide. So what happens when all of that collides? You either draw from motivation, which only lasts as long as you're motivated or discipline, which is instilled in us that we can tap into every day. And it helps us to create healthy habits. It helps us to create routines that stick and help us propel forward towards the goals that we have in our lives. Yeah. No, the really interesting thing too with discipline is we've all heard it in sports. We've all heard it when we're athletes and in the aspect of sports, how we're disciplined to work out and compete. But bringing in this whole other aspect of no, you can use discipline in you mentioned your relationships or, you know, even getting through tough times. That is also when discipline shows up, which I mean, I don't, I've never thought of it that way. So that's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it, it didn't, it didn't click for me, honestly, until I started thinking about, oh gosh, how did I get through that? You know, when this happened, how did I get through that? And for anybody, when you're actually, when you're in the muck, when you're in it, you don't see the other side. You don't see the end of the rainbow. You don't see the clouds clearing and the sun shining. Fact is, it does. And there are certain steps that we all take in whatever way that we take them that get us to the other side. So if anyone who was watching or anyone who was listening can think about a time where they just didn't think that a certain thing was going to happen. They didn't think that they were going to get out of their situation or they didn't think they were going to get out of their, that the trial that they were in. Think about that time. Think about where you are now and reflect on what you did during that time in order to get you out of it and in order to start to shift your mindset so that you could see the bright side, so that you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. It Again, you won't see it in the present, but in retrospect, when we, when we do personal reflections daily, weekly, monthly, it all comes back. But we have to really think about digging deep when it comes to what we want out of life, uh, the goals that we want to achieve, you know, it, because it's going to be work. 
you know, you're going to have to put in some work and, and anything worth having is worth working for. And if you don't have to work hard for it, then something about that you might want to question because it might not be a extremely a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And to build off that too, I know that you're under the belief with discipline. It's not something that you're born with or born without, you know, it is something that you can build and you can activate. So can you talk a little bit about how you can actually activate discipline? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I created a strategy for myself again, after reflection, after figuring out why, why and how I got to where I got overcoming trials, gaining accolades. And the, the strategy that I created is called the carpe diem method. So the carpe diem method, if you know the Latin term, it means seize the day. And I broke down day where my hashtag discipline your day comes from. And day is broken down into four tenets. D is for deciding to commit. Whatever goal that you have that is important enough to you to take action on, you have to decide that I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to do the work, and I'm going to make it happen no matter what. And deciding to commit is the first part because that means you're willing and able to take a step. Second is ideation. So ideation, I had to look up the term when I first read it and heard about it, talked about it. Ideation really just simply means conceiving of something. So when I added that into my tenets of disciplining your day, I looked at that as visualization, a form of visualization. When you conceive of something, you think about it, you create it. And so in my program that I coach and in workshops that I teach, Ideation gives you a, a, a moment in time to reflect, to visualize what it really looks like for you to win, what it looks like for you to have that goal happen in your life. It's almost like you're visualizing acting as if that thing were, were true and live right now. So I have my clients, my student athletes, especially when I was coaching, visualize, okay, we're about to go to this big meet. We're about to go to this game. What do you see yourself doing? How do you feel? What's, what smells are around? All of the senses are involved in visualization. And when you can see yourself winning, that gives you more determination and more perseverance to actually act, which goes into my next tenet, E, execute. So you have to execute your plan. Now that you've decided you're going to do it, you've committed to it, you've seen yourself winning, now you have to take action. So what are you going to do? It's it's all about those smart goals that you hear about, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, timely, um, realistic, and timely. When you when you but when you have those smart goals, you really do get specific. It seems like it's cliche, but you really do take that time to think about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of your goals. How are you going to take action? What are you going to do? How specific can you get in breaking down that goal? Because it's it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to go run a mile in six minutes. But if you've never run a mile, can your, do you know what your body can do? If you've never made 100 three-point shots in a row, then how do you make, how do you create that goal to actually happen? So executing on your plan is really the who, what, when, where, why, and how of your goals. It's the by when. 
And then while you're executing your goals, you have to remember that you're not a robot, right? We, we are human beings. We are not human doings. We in this world every day, wake up, we get up, we take action on whatever it is we have to do in life. So we have to maintain our lives well. And the way that I find that a lot of us get to maintain our lives well is starting with gratitude. So whether you are journaling, whether you are meditating, whether you are talking it out with someone else, you get to take moments in your day to show gratitude. So if you are or if you are grateful for the things that you have now, then as you move forward, as you continue to take action, you'll be even more grateful for the journey that you've taken, which will make that ultimate goal attainable, achieved goal attainable, and you'll be even more grateful to have that goal. So it just, it makes things mean more to people. It makes things uh, stick when it comes to taking action. It makes those steps, those days when it's it's daunting, those days when you're tired, those days when you just don't want to, it makes them a little more easy to digest. And instead of saying, well, I'm just not going to do anything today, you think about, okay, what's one thing that I can do in the in the energy pack that I have today where I can take action towards making my goals happen? And then you do that thing. That way you can give yourself congratulations and kudos for taking action even when you didn't want to. Yeah, no, I love that. That was so in depth and I loved how you like really broke it out because you mentioned with the decide part, you know, it's something that you're willing and able to do. It's not something, you know, that relies on motivation or is so far out there that you're just gonna like burn yourself out trying to get there. It's something that, okay, you have a process on how to get there. It might not always be something that you really want to do, but it's something that like you're willing and able. And so I think just going back to that, that's so important. Oh, absolutely. And another thing that I have my athletes and clients do is shift their verbiage. So while we're shifting our mindsets to thinking about what we can do, thinking thinking in, in states of abundance versus lack and scarcity, is I have them think about how they are saying certain things. So, you know, a lot of times you hear, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. So it's the t people care about your tone. People care about that. That stuff sticks with people. They care if you if you're saying it in a way that shows compassion and empathy. And so I have my clients and athletes shift their verbiage. So rather than saying, oh, gosh, I got to get up and go run today. I got to go get up and do it's no, I get to go run. Why? Because I'm able to, because I can still move my legs, because I still have air in my lungs. Oh my God, I have to get up and I have to go and work out. Well, no, you get to work out. Why? Because you're still flexible. You still have all your limbs. You're still able to do. And that's where the whole willing and able comes in. It's, it's because you get to do these things. And for those people who may be, you know, differently abled, think of the ways that they get, they still get to do the things that they do. I mean, we've seen amazingness all across the internet of people that we didn't think because of our own assumptions and judgments and stigmas couldn't do something, but we see them doing it. It's, it's blatant and it's, it's right in front of us and it can't be denied. So who are we to say that with our able bodies, 
that we can't. So I kind of get them to scrub that out of their mindsets. I think that also comes from my teacher mindset of, you know, growth mindset versus lack mindset or fixed mindset. Yeah, no, that's so important too, because I think that a lot of times when we set these goals and you're not there yet, it can be hard, but it's almost telling yourself like, that you're excited that you get to at least work towards it, right? Like you don't have it now, but you'll have it someday. And just to be able to work towards that, that's an awesome accomplishment. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's just a more healthy way to think about things. You know, uh, if, if we're having challenges, say, from an emotional standpoint with a family member, with a friend, with someone that, you know, you may be dating, you know, versus bailing on that person, you get to see, okay, where is it that we, we can work? You know, what are the things that are right about us? you know, as sisters, sister and brother, mother, daughter, you know, what, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case, what is going right? And then not necessarily what's going wrong, but you know, what's not working. And then where can we go next? And what can we do next to make it better for the both of us to make this work? Same thing goes for schoolwork. Same thing goes for practice weights, study hall. I know for me as a freshman in college, we were required to go to study hall. And then after your freshman year, it's, you know, do you, based on your GPA, you go to study hall this amount of time, or you might need more tutoring. So they provide you more tutoring. But when you're tired after practice, you don't want to go to study hall, you want to go home. And it's that healthy mindset of, but they're providing a space for you to further advance your educational career. So if you need the help, take the help. And if you don't need the help, take the time and utilize that for something that you can further advance in. And that's just a little example, you know, maybe everyone doesn't have study hall, but they have something that, you know, they, they feel like they have to do turn that into a get to yeah no i love this this was a great conversation is there any one last piece of advice you'd love to leave everyone with with discipline and all of that i would say um definitely for you know this this podcast called girls gone healthy you know always remember to pour into yourself reflect on your day reflect on your week take that time and actually ask yourself what what worked? What can I celebrate this from this week? And conti- that continues building that healthy mindset. Uh, when you talk about the things that didn't work, it's not a call out. It's not a bad thing. It's really, what do I get to work on going forward? This didn't work this week. So what can I do next to, to increase the possibility of me achieving what I want to achieve? It's always about progression, not perfection, um, progression, and then just working in excellence. And when I say work in excellence, it doesn't mean to perfection. It means work in your zone of genius that is going to get you the results that are most important to you. And when you fill yourself up that way, you're able to, to help and impact others. And you're never too young or too old.
world to impact or be impacted. Yes, I love that. Let's celebrate ourselves more. Let's be more positive about it. I love it. Where can people find out more about you, work with you, all of that? Well, you can find me everywhere on social media at the LG. And people are like, is your name L? No, I actually took my my first initial of my name and I spelled it out. So it's T-H-E-E-L-L-E-G-E-E underscore. If you are looking for one-on-one or small group coaching or looking for me to speak to your team, talk to your coaches and administrators, get them to book me, uh, reach out to me from my website and book me or they can reach out on um, Instagram, get my email and request speaking um, engagement so we can go a little deeper in this and in, in carpe diem. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.